0: You can't leave a question unanswered, because what happens when you pass away, the kids have it, and the the trust runs out of money to pay for the costs, and they're not allowed to sell it, but they literally can't afford it. It's too late. I can't ask you anymore. What do we do? Do you know what will happen to your loved ones when something happens to you? If you don't know the answer or
1: don't like the answer, then this is the show for you listen up as we teach you about protecting your family legacy through better estate planning our family is here to protect yours
0: so welcome to the complete estate planning podcast with attorney Nick Rosenbauer and here's your host Ben George
1: Welcome in to Complete Estate Planning. I'm Ben George. She is Nick Rosenbauer over at Rosenbauer Law Office, the estate planning attorney and the owner there. And he's going to help us today understand what we need to do with our family vacation home. So I'm not quite there yet, Nick, even though you promised our listeners that you would give out my address. But spoiler, I'm still working towards that family vacation home.
0: <laughs> well, he did say it's going to be in Colorado, which Ben did say off air before we, we hopped on. So start looking in Colorado. I like to ski, um, so I'm, I'm kind of rooting for it to be close to one of the, uh, the nice ski resorts there mm-hmm. in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Or if you can move, you can switch to Utah. There's really good skiing in, in Utah. Okay. Actually, a lot of things up there. So Hurry up and figure it out because I know the listeners are, are mad. But just keep listening because as soon as we get it, I promise I'll uh, I'll give the garage code and everything like that. But uh, yeah. we're we're still waiting. But Ben's almost there. Almost, He's almost there. there. Next episode.
1: Well, for those of you that do have a family vacation home that you enjoy, whether it be a lake house or a beach or mountain, whatever it is, what do you do with that when it comes to estate planning? So we're going to talk about what to do with the family vacation home. Some considerations you have to make. Especially if you want to keep it in the family. What if you don't want to keep it in the family? Either way, whatever you want to do with it, we're going to talk through that process and, and how Nick works with his clients at Rosenbauer Law office to kind of figure out a strategy and a game plan for that vacation home. So thanks for joining us today. Again, we can be found online at Cincinnati Estate All the podcasts are there, plus a lot of great resources like the Estate Planning Checkup Guide, five essential documents of a complete estate plan, and much, much more. So it's all online at com, and again, you can always schedule a consultation with Nick right now from the website. Just log on, you'll see the big orange button right there on the front, click that, set up your time, and you'll be meeting with Nick um, and getting this process underway. So, Nick, what else is new before we jump in today? Anything good going on with, uh, with work or the fam?
0: Well, it's still counting down the days to my uh Yes uh, to my Christmas break uh, when we when we take a week off. Um, so we're other than that, we're doing good. I'm just, uh, and it's late November. Uh, Thanksgiving's next week, so I'm still rolling my eyes uh, whenever I go through the neighborhood and see all the inflatable Santas up. And by the way, is it just me? I, I think they're cool, um, but these inflatable yard decorations, whether it's Halloween or Christmas, that's just lazy. Am I, am I wrong? All you have to do is plug three things in, and then they just go. You're not hanging up lights. Um, you're not doing a big—I mean, you're not you know doing blood or anything like that for Halloween. They're cool, and they can be really tall and impressive, but it just seems a little weak on the inflatables, if you rely yeah. heavily on the inflatables. They, they're nice complementary pieces, but don't have seven inflatables and nothing else and try to act like you're Clark Griswold and like you spent all this time putting a display together. You got to have maybe that's a Maybe that's a hot take and maybe everyone's going to be mad at me, but the inflatables shouldn't be an anchor. They're a nice complimentary piece. That that that's I think it. that's fair. Yeah,
1: absolutely. You, you want to have the lights, a nice light show, a couple tr- maybe a tree, nice wreath, uh, maybe some candles in the windows, who knows. But yeah, I agree. You want to have the full package if you're going to go, all inflatables. I'll just plug them in and be done each night. You know, you want to put in a little little bit of time and effort. It's greatly appreciated around the neighborhood.
0: Right. Okay. So we're <laughs> well,
1: and, on the same page there.
0: Well, and everyone just does that. Like They'll get an inflatable Santa and an inflatable snowman. It's like, okay, that's nice, but where's the rest? And actually, Ben, something I, I lucked into by accident, what I did is I laid down uh, strands of Christmas lights uh, my parents' house had a walkway, like a stone path that went from the front porch through the yard down to the driveway.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I, don't, I was being lazy, honestly, and I just basically ran a stream of lights on both sides of the path, almost like a runway, um, but not up on the house because it was a big three-story house. Just being lazy just to do something, you couldn't see it from the street because my parents' house sits up on a hill. And then it snowed about three inches and then we turn the lights on and you could see the lights glowing from underneath the snow it looked like a a snow runway that's uh, awesome. or, or something like that so that's cool if you uh, for all of our listeners who live in a place where there you can get a little bit of snow at a time obviously four feet of snow it's not going to matter Um, And if you don't get snow, then it's just random Christmas lights on the ground that you can't see. Mm -hmm. But if you get that one to four inches, especially if it's light snow, and turn, especially with the LEDs, they're not going to get in trouble. Although I'm not an electrician, so be careful. (laughs) But if you turn the LED lights on underneath the snow, it looks really, really cool. Um, You can't see it from the street, so that's something for you to enjoy. Right from from your own house. Get the inflatables along with other things for other people. But there's a pro tip. If you get small amounts of snow, turn the lights on underneath the snow, it looks really, really cool. So there's your tip for the day.
1: Yeah, it's pretty cool. Hopefully we'll have a little snow around here where I can enjoy that as well. But yeah, good tip. Good tip, Nick. All right, let's jump into our conversation today. If you are going away to your family vacation home for the holidays, this is maybe a A topic that you want to discuss with your family uh, or be thinking about, but that's what to do with a family vacation home, Nick. So as we jump into this, when we start planning, this is not going to be a conversation for everyone, but this is, I think, something that uh, a lot of people are thinking about because there might be bigger plans for a family vacation home versus the stuff that you have personally.
0: Exactly right. So a couple things to keep in mind. First off, um, you have to be aware that there is i guess extra extra emotional or legacy considerations it's more emotional and and memories and things like that than just your house or your bank account i don't really have any emotional long-term attachments to my checking account so just give them the money and be done with it hmm. um but if you have a family vacation home something that you and your siblings grew up on going to grandma and grandpa's Mm -hmm. beach house that then your parents inherited. You have all these emotional—you have all these memories. Okay, so you're going to think about this emotionally and differently than you would, like I said, just some random car. Um, Okay, so the sentimental value. Just be aware of it, and it's okay, and that's why you want to do this, especially for the memories and things like that growing up with the kids, but you need to be aware that there are sentimental value that is controlling your thought process along with just the practical logistical value, okay? So just be aware of it. And then it all comes down to control versus flexibility. When you're gone, do you care what happens? And if you don't care what happens or you want to let them decide, then just pass it on to the kids or the siblings or whomever you want to give it to outright, and then you're done with it. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's it. Now, theoretically, what if you... Wanted to force it to stay in the family. You wanted to, you know, to have to be around for the next fifty years. How long does? It, how long do you keep it around for? The family can't sell it. How much will it cost to keep it around? Yeah. Um, what if the kids don't want it? And that's this is where the sentimental items. You need to be aware of it because that can hurt someone's feelings. You love that lake home, but maybe the kids don't care, or maybe the kids just want the money. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you need to be aware of that. So what happens if the kids want to sell it? Does everyone have to stay involved? Ben, let's say you have um, you know, four kids, and what if not all four of the kids want it? They become forced co-owners, forced business partners. Is that okay? Uh, what if one of the kids wants to buy everyone out? What if, Ben, you're the big fish in your family, and let's say you and your siblings inherit something. Do you want that to... Uh, You know you're finally getting your vacation home that we've been teasing Mm -hmm. and let's say your siblings they don't really care can you buy them out okay so think about it from as a parent standpoint would you be okay if out of all the kids only one of them ended up keeping it right is that okay it stays in the family not the whole family um but is that okay and also you have to think of your wishes versus their wishes is your desire important enough that it will impose on the kids okay so now we got to think about taking care of it okay. everyone knows how that works who pays for the maintenance the upkeep the taxes the insurance mm-hmm. do the kids have the money what if it's in a place with really high property tax values okay what if it's ten thousand dollars a year for property taxes who's paying that what if it's uh, on the beach So I'm assuming flood and hurricane or typhoon insurance is probably expensive. We live here in Ohio, so I don't, you know, I don't live on the river. So I actually don't know. Um, Ben, I don't know if you, do you live near a river on a floodplain at all? No, I do not, no. Okay. So if the house, especially like a beach house, what does insurance run on that? And what are repairs? Um, do you want to force the expenses on the kids? So if the house has to stay in the family, then you are. If they can sell it, they can decide what they want to do. What about you setting aside money for the care? How much? How long is that going to last? Do you want to keep the house in the family for the next 50 years? How many thousands of dollars a year do you need to do that? And look, this can be done. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to talk people out of it. But how much money are you comfortable setting aside you know, as a house fund or the lake house fund, right? Mm -hmm. How long is it going to last? And then are you okay with spending money on property taxes and flood insurance, which obviously that means, Ben, that money cannot go to the heirs. It can't go to the kids.
1: Mm -hmm. Right.
0: Because we need to set it aside, which is perfectly okay. But you just need to be aware, you know, you have to take from one area to give to another area. Mm -hmm. So again, I'm not saying it can't be done but you know every restriction or every you know kind of outlay of your wishes is going to take someone to do the job someone else can't do what they want because they follow your rules and it's going to take money to do it and then of course ben everyone's probably thinking what happens when the money runs out yeah can we sell it now that the money runs out or we went through this and now it's on the kids hmm. and you'll notice ben none of these are easy right or wrong answers yes or no answers it all depends yeah on 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 your situation right so i don't have a perfect answer for this without knowing your situation Um, but again just understand all these questions will be asked if the person you work with knows what they're doing and they have to be asked uh, to get this done right All right, guys, I'd like to take a second to uh, pause here and thank today's sponsor for uh, Complete Estate Planning Podcast. Today's episode, financial future is at the forefront of everyone's mind, especially when it comes to retirement. But what investment will give you a legacy that withstands the test of time? While investments in real estate have proven their stability, averaging returns of about 8%, an investment with equity and help will not only give you the best security for your financial future but an even better return averaging between 8 and 12 percent obtaining both cash flow while leaving a legacy as well. Now. What if your investment helped not only you as the investor, but also hardworking American families in the process? At Equity & Help, they make the process easy by locating properties and finding the perfect family for a home that they might not otherwise have had a chance to own. That's investing with a purpose and turning a profit. Interested, call your philanthropic investor a consultant from Equity and Help at 844 552 8828 today or visit slash podcast to learn more.
1: Yeah, there's just so much. And, and, and you think about that, like there's so many family factors, right? I mean, you might have one sibling that really wants it and another that just had a, a new child that knows, hey, it's going to be a long time before I can actually go and enjoy that again. I don't want to. Be handling the upkeep so i mean i've Great seen point. i've seen some friends um that have had this in their family where they've decided to finally you know leave uh part ways with the house because they had to share it on the weekends and there was always you know how do uh, who gets what bedroom oh, when you yeah. stay right well i was on i was in the nice bedroom with the ac unit last time and Ooh. you weren't now i guess like oh, yeah. there's so much that goes into this and that's why you have to give it a lot of thought
0: yeah, absolutely. And I didn't, yeah, it's a good point. I wasn't even thinking about how does everyone get along when they're there Yeah. Um, and, and sharing the use of it. Right. And then, Ben, that just popped something into my head. What if one of the kids lives really close, uses right. it every weekend, and then someone else is five hours away and maybe goes there once a year? Is that fair?
1: Yeah, we, pay all, the, we all pay the same amount for upkeep. And we're not using it in you Europe yeah, yeah. It's, yeah a lot. I would
0: say, I would say it's not fair, really, right, wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what do we do about that? Yeah, um, and I think that goes back to giving people the ability to buy each other out. Now, do they have the money? saying so like Ben, what if it's a huge piece of gorgeous land uh, in the Rocky Mountains, Colorado? It's real close to uh, a great ski resort. Like Deer Valley, Utah. That's where your place is. Mm-hmm. All this land, let's say it's worth a million dollars. And you are the only one who uses it, but you don't have $667,000 to buy out your siblings. Right. What now? Okay, so just something to be just something to be aware of. And actually that brings us to our next point here, Ben, is who are we dealing with? Right. Is it your kids? Like you just want your kids to have your home? what if there's grandchildren okay from everything i hear people the grandchildren are better than the kids so one Hmm. thing you think of now is one thing but ben when you have little grandkids running around who suck up to you and get excited (laughs) when they see you and they always love you and then they never keep you up at night because you send them back home (laughs) how are you gonna not love the grandkids more than the kids yeah so Do you want them to be involved? And then, of course, our grandkids and children and nieces and nephews and cousins, are all these people being forced business partners? Because the more people involved, the more problems, potentially. And then let's go back up one level, Ben. Do you own it? Okay, what if this is something that you and your siblings, all three, inherited from your parents? You don't own the whole thing. So you cannot be the only person involved in planning out the inheritance of your vacation home because you don't get to set the rules by yourself okay so you need to think about what your siblings are thinking using this scenario and you know do you want your kids and your grandkids to end up being business partners and co-owners with both of your siblings Hmm. um what if this what if your siblings pass it on to their kids? Do you want to deal with your nieces and nephews as business partners? And again, I don't know. Okay. So I, like I'm saying to everyone, this is just a checklist of things that you'll need to figure out. Okay. So just who, who's involved, what the players are, how long this goes and how we take care of it. So, so that's pretty much what we're looking at. Um, and again, it can be done. It's just, uh, it's a little bit more complicated than dividing up a bank account.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, you kind of run through all these these questions, right, with someone. I mean, it's not just a few of these, like everything that you discuss is kind of the process to, to get to the answer and to kind of get to the, the solution that you need in order to, to to handle that home like you want to.
0: Yeah, Exactly. We're almost setting up an owner's manual for what happens with this place when I'm gone. Because not to sound like the Grim Reaper, and maybe I should have done this one uh, last month and it would hit around Halloween, it would have been more appropriate. But Ben, once you're dead, I can't ask you what to do anymore. Uh Okay, so whatever it is, set it, you know, it is what it is at that point. There's nothing we can do to change it. Also, you can't leave a question unanswered. Because what happens when you pass away the kids have it, and the, the trust runs out of money to pay for the costs, and they're not allowed to sell it, but they literally can't afford it. It's too late. I can't ask you anymore. What do we do? So you're exactly right. We have to go through all of these questions, and some of them aren't appropriate for every situation. You know, if you own the whole thing, we don't need to worry about your siblings. Uh, obviously, every situation is different, but we need to cover all of these and at least check it off the box and say I've either dealt with it or it's not applicable.
1: Mm-hmm. There's a lot to lot to dive into here Nick. So, is there any kind of just general estate planning guidance you would provide for this situation just you know, obviously it's going to depend on every single person that walks in there, but just in general, what would you tell them?
0: Yeah, a couple things. Setting up a trust is almost always the best option here, especially if it's out of state. Because we don't want two probates, right? You don't want your right. probate here and then your probate in, you know, Deer Valley, Utah. Um, that's no fun. And especially if we're doing, if we're not doing outright distribution, okay. Because then with without that, you literally can't hold it back. Um, so you'll need special language, like I said, to think through all the possibilities, including the what ifs that may happen 50 years from now, which you know, Ben, for one house, this can get rather overwhelming, rather Mm -hmm. complicated. And then also the trust is really the only way to set aside money for the care and the maintenance of the vacation home. And you have strings attached to here's what you can do with that money. Here's what you can't. So that's what it is. Trust is almost always the option, not 100%, but I'd say over 90% of the time, that's the only way to get this done. And then, The last question here, Ben, is depending on how long this goes on, who's going to be in charge of administering this? And if you say, Nick, I want the vacation home to stay in my family for the next 100 years, okay, who's going to be alive long enough to manage it? And how do we pick successors to manage it after all the people we picked are dead and gone? So how do I pick people to be in charge of this who have not been born yet?
1: All right. Well, if you... (laughs) I mean, look, there's there's just so much to think through. Like, I'm just kind of running the scenarios in my head as you're kind of laying it out there. But, um, again, this is why you work with an estate planning attorney, right? This is the things that they can help you really think through thoroughly to get to the right uh, conclusion. Uh, It's so hard to do on your own, so difficult um, in many cases. So uh, you want to be thorough. You want to have a plan in place, and the best place to do that, And the best way to start is to sit down with an estate planning attorney like Nick, who you can find online at CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. You can also call him directly at 513-463-6789 and talk through these things because it's, yeah, this is not going to be a situation everybody runs up against, but it's one you absolutely want to handle correctly if you do have that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's, you're 100% right. This can be done. No problem. Uh, But on the flip side of this, this can be done wrong. Right, as well. So, proceed with caution. Although, we can get it done, it can be done the right way. Um, But exactly, you you need to don't try this at home. Uh, Work with someone who knows what they're doing, just if nothing else, so you don't end up, you know, missing something, and Mm. then it's too late. Because a lot of times, by the time we find out there's a mistake, it's too late to fix it. But yeah, Uh, if you do it right, and you work with someone who, if nothing else, will prompt you, and give you the heads up on all the things you need to cover get it all out on the table if they can give you a full list of the items you need to deal with then we can then we can address them but it needs to be made available to the client so you need to be told here's the five things we need to think of um, in order for you to do it so it's it can be a lot but with someone who knows what they're doing they can walk you through it and be a tour guide and it can get done, but 100% right. That's the right way to do it.
1: Let me ask you this, Nick, before we close it out. If someone has set up a, an estate plan already and maybe is listening to this episode and going, you know what, I don't think I've thought through or I don't think we, we handled the vacation home maybe like we should have, or I'm just not quite sure it's in a good position. I need to rethink this. Can someone bring you an existing estate plan that maybe they have for their vacation home and then you go through it and, and maybe even uh, adjust it as needed?
0: so we can we can certainly talk about that yes yeah, i don't know if i do like a, a micromanaging audit but if, right. if someone's sitting there saying my other attorney didn't ask me about this we didn't talk about this you know then then we can certainly help so absolutely i have a number of people who the only reason we talk is because their uh, um their previous attorney did not you know, didn't cover all these things, or maybe they set this up before they had the vacation home. So absolutely, if they have something existing in place, I'd definitely be more than happy to talk to them. So again, as Ben mentioned, go to our website, dot com. There's a button. Click there to schedule a call directly on my calendar, um, and then it'll reserve it on my calendar, and we can talk and go from there. But uh, yeah, absolutely be more than willing to help.
1: Awesome. Well, you've helped us all year long, Nick. We appreciate um, everything, all the insight you provided and the education you've given us along the way. Hard to believe we're closing out 2021, but excited for 2022. And again, start the new year, right? If you haven't thought about your estate plan, if you haven't actually sat down and gotten it done hopefully we've shown you and uh explained to you why it's so important to do so and hopefully you'll take those steps to start off the new year and get that taken care of but nick hope you uh, you and the family have a, a happy new year and I look forward to talking to you again on the other side
0: yeah you as well ben uh happy holidays happy new year merry christmas uh, uh i'm not exactly sure what day the uh <laughs> this episode will uh will go live so merry <laughs> christmas happy new year and uh i've had a whole lot of people you know they said uh we're done with 2020 let's make 2021 better not sure if that was better for some people was for some people it wasn't but uh, start off on the right foot 2022
1: absolutely we look forward to talking to you again please subscribe to complete estate planning wherever you listen and we'll talk to you again soon the complete estate planning podcast is brought to you by the rosenbauer law office based in westchester ohio and serving the
0: entire cincinnati area the show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the show on your favorite app today and never miss an episode. Just search for Complete Estate Planning with Nick Rosenbauer to find us or visit EstatePlan.com to listen to past episodes, to contact Nick, and to learn more about protecting your family legacy. That's EstatePlan.com.